You're listening to a presentation of The Rising. We're a real church for real people where you can belong before you believe. We're always honored to hear how God is working in your life through this ministry. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, hit us up at wearetherising.com or on Facebook or Instagram. Finally, if you'd like to invest in what God's doing through this church, you can always give online through our site. Thanks again for tuning in and get ready. Lean forward with an expectant attitude to hear a message from God's Word. Hey, well, welcome back to our dining room table. Uh, we're here at this setting for this series because uh, this series is really uh, all the things that I would talk to you about if we were to have dinner together, breakfast together, lunch together, if I were able to sit across the table from you and, and have a conversation with you. This is, this is what I would talk to you about. And we're in this season, this series called The Me I Want to Be. And I just want to share with you about the me I want to be. And hopefully it's the me that you want to be as well. You know, there's this verse in the Bible that perplexes me every time I read it. It's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. It says this, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. The book of Hebrews uh, in the New Testament is this letter uh, that, that nobody is really sure who, who wrote it, but, but a lot of scholars attribute Paul as the author. And Paul was this early Christian who started churches all over the Roman world. And, and he wrote letters to these churches to teach and instruct them. But this letter is called Hebrews. And, and it, it's this really dense letter of theology explaining how Jesus fulfills so much of Judaism and how Christianity stems from the roots of Judaism. But at the end of Hebrews, right here in chapter 13, uh, Paul is wrapping up this letter and either he's, he's running out of scroll to write on or he has something else to move on to. But in this last chapter, he fires off all these reminders and mindsets and ways of living uh, for Christians to adhere to and in our pursuit of becoming more like Jesus. And he, he mentions things like, like marriage and empathy and false teachings and how we respond to leaders. And, and one of the first things he says and this list of reminders is this one about how we receive people. See, he, he reminds us to receive people well with high value, showing them hospitality. And he closes that, that some people have welcomed others in, not knowing that they were actually entertaining angels. And I'm not even going to go into all of what this could mean because th this raises so many questions for me like like are there angels here and now in the flesh and blood walking around right is is that a literal thing i, I, I don't know and i, I have no idea I'm, I'm not sure but i i think this is more of a reference to some instances that we see in the old testament like this time where a guy named lot welcomed some guys into his home in the city of Sodom so they wouldn't have to sleep outside and potentially be uh, abused and mistreated by the people living in that city. And so he welcomes them in not knowing that they're angels, right? And, and, and I think this is a reference to things like that. But, but the principle is really receive someone with honor, uh, assign great weight and value to them because you never know who they may be. You know, it makes me think about um, this show, Undercover Boss. You're familiar with this show, aren't you? Right? It's where CEOs and, and corporate bosses go undercover to work in their own company to see uh, what's, what it's really like and, and, and to meet their employees and to catch them doing something good and, and reward uh, them. And also uh, seeing how they can improve and actually 
make their company better, how, how to improve the operation and the culture of the company. Well, well there was this one episode that aired uh, seven years ago where Eric Cassaberry, the CEO of Retro Fitness, went undercover as a guy named Barry. Uh, and he went to one of the retro fitness locations where he worked with the manager there named Jacqueline. And, and as you watch the episode, the way she talks to him and the way she treats him is cringeworthy, right? Like, like first she greets him warmly and she's nice, but as she's training him and she's telling him about what she does, she's like, yeah, I spend most of my time looking at my phone taking selfies and the customers are so rude. They're always interrupting me. Right? It's like, what? Are you kidding me? She said, with some people, I just want to punch them in the face sometimes. And listen, I know you felt that way before, but come on, you don't tell that to someone when you're training them. And then, and then there's a scene where, where the CEO is taking, uh, uh, is making smoothies and there's, there's an instruction sheet on how to make smoothies. And he's like, okay, so should I make the smoothies how the sheet says or how you said because she taught him how to make smoothies earlier? And she tells him, no, make the smoothies like I said. Like the CEO of the company who has a team of people coming up with standards and practices to create the best product is being told by his employee, don't do it that way, do it my way, right? And, and, and while she's uh, talking to him, like he's making the smoothie at her direction and she's condescending and belittling him in front of the guests. Like guests are saying to him, uh, man, you got a tough drill instructor. Well, one lady asked Jacqueline, who, who's demeaning the CEO of the company right there in front of her, she asked him, let, let me ask you, are you always this mean? And Jacqueline's like, I'm not mean. <laughs> and then one of the best parts of Undercover Boss, if, if you watch it, you, you know this is one of the best parts, is when the big reveal happens at the end of the show where, where they have the individual employees come in and they sit in this room like, like individually just waiting and the CEO comes in and he tells them, surprise, it was me, right? And so, so the CEO walks in and he says, surprise, I was Barry, right? And, and, and it's during this time that um, the, the CEO uh, and all the different shows that they give out college tuition or raises or cars to people who did really great. They're like, I was touched by your story. I wanna help you, I wanna do something great for you. And this is also the time where the CEO or the, the, the boss talks about some of the things that they learned during their time and some of the changes that they're gonna implement to make the company better. Uh, but this is also a time where the bad employees get the hammer dropped, right? And, and in the end of this episode, Eric Cassaberry walks into the room where Jacqueline is seated and he reveals his identity, right? She's stunned. But, but here's the thing. She can't see how she was wrong. And, and when she was uh, training and talking with the CEO, like, like she can't see how she was wrong in that. And so when, when Eric brings this stuff up, she gets defensive, uh, even then talking to him and, and she starts talking to him in a condescending way. She's in front of the CEO, still talking to him in a condescending way. And then uh, Eric, he, he brings in the franchise owner of that store and, and now she, she's in even more trouble because her direct boss is there and then his boss, Eric, the, the CEO is there. And, and so he brings in the franchise owner. She knows she's in trouble. And she says to the franchise owner, you know me, she's in tears now. You know me, you know I don't, I, I don't do that, right? And, and the franchise owner says, you did it in front of the CEO. 
And she says, yeah, but if I knew it was him, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have acted that way. Essentially, what she's saying is I would have shown him greater honor if I knew who he was. Paul said, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Jesus said it like this, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. See, what this comes down to is honor. Honor. Jacqueline ended up being fired from her role as manager because of her lack of honor. See, we've been in this series called The Me I Want to Be, uh, discussing the guiding values that we hold as a church. Uh, these are the values that uh, guide not just our, our organization, but, but our lives, right? I mean, as people who make up this church, we've said, this is who we want to be and how we want to operate. And, and for our church, one of our guiding values is we give honor. What we've said is we will be a people of honor. Honor. Honor, 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 honor. See, honor, honor like, like chivalry, seems to be like this ancient thing reserved for knights and round tables, right? I mean, honor isn't really a thing that we often think of in our society, unless, of course, we're talking about honor in the military, right? Honor isn't a highly valued trait that we long to live out. See, see the truth is, we live in an honor-scarce society. You know, the Hebrew word that's most used for honor in the Old Testament is kavod, right? It means heavy, weight. The, the Greek word for honor in the New Testament is teme. It's where we get our English word time. See, we say that time is valuable. So the truth is this, honor is weight. Honor is heavy. Honor is valuable. When, when I give honor, I place value on someone or something. When I give honor, I place weight on someone or something. See, if I'd have known he was the CEO, I would have placed more value on him. That's essentially what Jacqueline was saying. I would have treated him better because I would have seen him as more valuable and not just as some employee. See, honor assigns weight. I, I honor the vows that I made in our marriage because I'm placing great weight in them. They mean something and they matter to me. This is honor to assign value and weight. But we live, we live, we live in a cheap and light world, don't we? Come on, you know this is true, right? The value of marriage has become cheap. I mean, not, 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 not getting married, because getting married costs a lot of money with the average wedding costing $34,000, but the value we place on the institution of marriage has become cheap because half of all marriages end in divorce. The, the weight of the authority of your boss has become lightened, hasn't it? Because when's the last time you badmouthed your boss or heard gossip in the workplace? Right now. In our society, we're seeing a lack of honor for black lives because even though many say they value all life, they aren't willing to acknowledge the devaluing of black lives even after African Americans have shared their experience and even after looking at a history of devaluation of black lives. 
And this isn't a political thing. This is not a political thing. It's a justice thing, which is a Christian thing. Because Christians stand for justice. And we have to come to believe the truth of the man that we love to quote, that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. See, honor. Honor is the high value and the heavy weight that I place on something. This is honor. Now, dishonor, the opposite of honor, dishonor is not treating someone or something bad. Sometimes we think that if I dishonor something, I'm treating someone bad or I'm treating something bad. No, dishonor is not that. See, if honor is assigning high value and heavy weight to someone or something, then dishonor is removing that weight and that value, essentially treating that person or thing as common. I'll give you an example. Um, th this video right now that you're watching is being filmed with two cameras, right? And, and the bodies and the lenses of those cameras come to about $2,000 each. So, so it's about $4,000 in cameras and lenses that we're using to film this. And we treat these cameras with great honor, high value in the way that we take care of them, right? Now, I want you to think about your phone, right? <laughs> If you have an iPhone 11, that's about $1,300 outright. If you bought it outright, $1,300. That's pretty valuable. But how many times have you tossed your phone on the couch? How many times have you dropped it on the floor? How many times have you let your kids play with it and handle it and hold it? And how many times have you maybe even chipped, broke, or cracked your iPhone? You see the difference here? How we, we have this great thing of value in our possession that has a great camera, by the way. iPhone has a great camera. Yet it's become so ordinary and everyday for us that we treat it as common. We dishonor this thing that has great value because we've gotten so used to it that we take it for granted and no longer see the value. And this is how dishonor happens. Tr treating someone or something as common. We become so familiar with them that we no longer see their value. See, familiarity breeds discontent. I hope you wrote that down. Familiarity breeds discontent. See, when you first got the job, you valued it and you treated it as valuable. I mean, you were so grateful. This is so great. Hashtag blessed. But as time passed and you got used to the role, you began to treat it as common. Maybe even being discontent with it. Dishonoring your job, treating it as common your job, your company, your boss, your co-workers as common because you've gotten used to it and you devalue it. We do this in our relationships as well, right? When, when you first started dating that person, you highly valued that person. You saw the value in that person and, and, and you honored that person. But as time went on and you got to know each other more, uh, you became more familiar with one another, the dishonor started to sink in and you treated each other as common because you, you never would have talked to each other back then the way you talk to each other right now. Condescending, belittling, with frustration in your voice. See, dishonor has crept in. And here's what we know is true about the principle of honor. And this is, this is a principle that's universal, right? When I show honor, doors open. When I dishonor, doors 
close. I'll say it again. When I show honor, doors open. When I dishonor, doors close. The truth is honor opens doors. And I didn't say this. Jesus did, right? There's this time in Jesus' ministry where he's about to send his 12 disciples out on a training mission to preach and teach in surrounding cities and towns. And he's doing this to prep them for what they'll ultimately, for, for, for what will ultimately be their mission and, and our mission as well, to, to seek and save the lost, right? And, and, and he, he's sending them to, to prep them um, so they're ready to go out once Jesus is crucified and resurrected and ascended into heaven and he's gone, it's now in their hands. Now, before he sends him on this ultimate mission, after his death, resurrection, and ascension, he sends him on this this mini crash course, right? But before he sends them, um, he he gives them uh, a a prep speech about some mindsets and practices and principles uh, for them to hold on to and live by. And one of the things that he teaches them is this principle law of honor. He says it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. So trace this principle with me, because if you get it, grasp it, and live it, it'll change your life forever. See, Jesus explained uh, the principle of honor like this. He said, if someone welcomes you, honors you, they welcome me. They they honor me. Why? Because you as my follower represent me. And if they honor you, which shows honor to me, they also honor my father who sent me. They honor God. Let me me put this into real life here so, um, so that you can see this. When I honor someone... I assign weight and value to someone by returning their call, listening to them, helping them, giving them my time, showing gratitude to them, equipping them, teaching them, empowering them. When I show someone honor, it's like I'm showing Jesus honor. And when I show Jesus honor, I show God the Father honor. How? Because that person that I'm treating with extreme value and giving great weight to is made in God's image. So stay with me on this. The, the reason why I show honor to all people is because that's what I would show God if he was in front of me, right? I show honor to all people because that's what I would do to God if he was in front of me. Jacqueline said, yeah. But if I knew it was him, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have acted that way. The, the point is, If you would have shown great honor to the CEO, then you should have showed great honor to the person who works in the CEO's company because they are representing the CEO. See, Jesus is teaching us, if you would show great worth and value and honor to God, then you should show great worth and value and honor to every person you come across because they're made in God's image and they are representatives of God. So if God called you, Would you call him back or would you ghost on him? If you wouldn't ghost on God, then don't ghost on that person who's made in the image of God. That's dishonoring. (laughs) If you you are married to Jesus, stay with me, it may seem a bit weird, but if you are married to Jesus, 
Would you talk to him in a dismissive, condescending tone? Or would you believe the best and be kind to him? Well, then don't be dismissive and condescending to your spouse. Why? Because that's dishonoring. If you were working uh, with God on a project at work, would you show excitement and enthusiasm and pour yourself into it? Or would you be apathetic and constantly be resistant? Well, then don't be apathetic and resistant in your workplace. It's dishonoring. See, See, we give honor no matter what, because that's the kind of people we are. And so, Jacqueline, it doesn't matter if they're the CEO or not. It doesn't matter if you're Jesus in the flesh or not. I'm going to show you honor because my ability to give honor isn't based on who you are. It's based on who I am. I'm the kind of person who gives honor, assigns weight and value to all people, no matter who they are. And I also know that when I give honor to others, I'm ultimately giving honor to God. And I hope you didn't miss the, the, the fact that Jesus ties a reward to our ability to give honor, right? And, and that passage uh, is this principle that how I perceive someone is how I receive someone. And how I receive someone will determine what I will receive from someone. Did you get that? I said, how I perceive someone is how I receive someone. And how I receive someone will determine what I receive from someone. Look at the principle, Matthew 10, 40. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. So even though she didn't know he was the CEO, if Jacqueline gave honor and treated that trainee like a CEO, she would have received the reward only a CEO can give. So often, we miss out on the rewards people carry because, come on, we treat people as common. That's our default, dishonor. Honor opens doors for us to receive rewards that people carry with them, but we will never receive those rewards when we respond with dishonor, treating people as common. So, you want the reward your wife carries with her? Give her honor. You want the reward your boss carries with her? Give her honor. You want the reward your employees carry with them? Give them honor. You want the reward your teacher, your parents, your kids, your friends carry with them? You give them honor because when we give honor, it opens doors. And again, we show honor, assign weight and value, even if the other person doesn't show honor to us or doesn't seem deserving of honor because we show honor based on who we are, not on who they are. We are the kind of people who give honor no matter what. I'll I'll show you what I mean. There's this time in the Old Testament where this woman, Hannah, is praying to become pregnant. Like this is her greatest desire. She wants to be pregnant, but she's barren. She can't have kids. So she's praying for a child. Here's here's what happens. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 9. When they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. And in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. 
And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli, the priest, observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. And Eli thought she was drunk. And he said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not seen, I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of, I've been praying out of my great anguish and grief. And Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you've asked of him. See, Eli, the priest, he didn't live out the guiding values we have. He, he, he didn't know about them. <laughs> See, as a church, we believe the best, but Eli, he, he assumed the worst. He jumped to a false conclusion, right? And he made an accusation of what wasn't correct. But Hannah, Hannah heard about our guiding values. She knew about them, right? And rather than choosing the bait of offense, oh, it is so easy to get offended, right? It is so easy to react with offense rather than to respond with humility and honor. But, but Hannah, she knew this universal principle of honor that Jesus uncovered several hundred years later, that, that how you perceive someone is how you receive someone, and how you receive someone blocks or unlocks a reward they carry. See, Hannah, she already knew the principle. She was already living it, and she didn't respond by saying, what? Excuse me? You're supposed to be a man of God and you make this assumption that I'm drunk? No, I'm done with you. I'm heading to First Temple down the street. <laughs> I mean, that's what most people do. But no, she doesn't do that. She responds with humility. She doesn't take the bait of offense and she shows honor to the man of God. And as a result of her ability to show honor, whether he deserved it or not, because she was a person who gave honor, because she showed honor, she received the reward Eli carried. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. See, we have to determine that we will be the kind of people who show honor to everyone no matter what, because our ability to show honor is dependent on who we are, not on who they are. It it doesn't matter if they deserve it. I give honor. So, how do we give honor? How do we be the kind of people who give honor? Some quick tips. First, find out people's love languages, right? How do, how do people receive love and, and receive appreciation? And so the five love languages are physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service, and quality time. Find out how do people receive love and then show honor in that way by, by speaking their love language, right? Uh, another way that we give honor is this. We, we determine that we're going to be grateful. We're going to be grateful. And the, the truth is gratitude is never silent. And so if you're grateful for something, you can't be grateful in your heart. You got to let somebody know that you're grateful. So send a text. Uh, Call somebody up. Let them know how much you appreciate them. That's one of the ways that we show honor. And then 
uh, finally, uh, another way that we should honor is to remember people's value. Remember people's value and treat them as valuable. Assign that weight to them and determine I'm going to be the kind of person who sees everyone as valuable and I'm going to be the kind of person who shows honor because that's just who I am. So if you want to unlock the rewards that people carry with them, if you want to live at the level God has called you to, determine here and now to be the kind of person who gives honor. If you want your marriage to improve, your friendships to be enhanced, if you want your workplace to be a place that thrives, determine that I will be a kind of person who gives honor no matter what. Not based on anyone else, but based on who God has called me to be. Thanks so much for listening. We pray God inspires, challenges, and motivates you to become greater through what you've just heard. Again, be sure to check us out at wearetherising.com. Remember, your best days are still ahead.